Welcome, regrets to Season 3, Episode 10 of the DashRink.com's Blackhawks Ringcast, brought to you by the Overtime Media Podcast Network. Your sport, your team, on your time. And as always, we are brought to you by our founding sponsors at PuckHockey.com. That's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Get over there, check out their new lines, all their goalie-themed stuff, and throw in some rinkware into your cart and use the discount code THERINK, T-H-E-R-I-N-K, for 10% off on all of your orders. Uh, buy yourself some rinkware. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff. Hats, flannels for the the uh, cold weather uh, here in January and February. Uh, T-shirts, hats, all that good stuff. Uh, like I said, head over there. Use the rink, 10% off on all of your orders. And uh, they will give you some free gifts if you get, uh, spend over $100 and all that good stuff. So today is Thursday, January 16th. 2020, and I am your host, Jeff Osborne, infamously known on the Twitter machines as Puckin' Hostel. My name is Jeff. It's Jeffrey, man. Who could be scared of a Jeffrey? Yeah, Jeffrey's just this nice bloke from down the road, isn't he? <laughs> and I am not joined by my partner in crime, John Jekyll. He had some uh, previous engagements today, so it's just me going solo today. Uh, first of all, I want to uh, thank... Uh, some new writers that we brought on the staff. Uh, we have Eric Johnson and Lenny Arquila. I believe that's how you say it, uh, are going to be joining the rink staff and uh, writing some Blackhawk stuff for us. So welcome to the staff, to those two guys. Maybe you'll hear them on the podcast at some point in time. Uh, also, um, some other uh, paperwork and uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Our boy Ron Luce uh, is going to shift over from his CHL uh, duties and he's going to take over and be the head writer for the new Chicago Wolves division of the dash rink.com. So uh, congratulations to Ron and uh, he, he's really excited about doing this. And I think all the people over at the, uh, the wolves are excited that we're going to come on over and uh, cover them too. So this kind of corners the market on Chicago hockey for uh, the, the dash rank. Uh, we have the steel, we have the wolves, we have the Chicago Blackhawks, Plus, we have the uh, the Indianapolis or in, in, the Indy Fuel and the uh, Rockford Icehawks. So we have pretty much all the Chicago uh, involved uh, organizations, and then of course we have the Colorado division, who's been really kicking butt over there. Uh, Lucas and Aaron and AJ, uh, JJ over there uh, in Denver, they're killing it. You saw I reposted one of their pictures the other day of them covering a DU game. So they cover DU, they cover uh, the Colorado uh, Eagles, AHL team, and the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, they've just been doing great work over there too. So make sure you follow all those guys. Those guys, uh, you find all their work at The Rink Colorado, uh, all of the Chicago stuff, uh, mainly the Blackhawks and the uh, Ice Hogs and the Indy Fuel are going to be under at the rink shy and then everything that we do is going to be posted at the rink official so you can find everything there at the rink official uh we're kicking butt and taking names later so uh really happy for everything nailed it so um so with all that um i do have a guest today uh we kind of recorded this a little bit earlier i'm out of town the whole thing so uh we have tyler cameron from hockey buzz it's been a while since he's been on the uh show uh, I been trying to hook up with them and we finally got some time to be able to sit aside and talk about this stuff. Uh, we talk about a lot of things, uh, Robin Leonard, the Blackhawks, what might happen to the trade deadline, all kinds of cool stuff like that. So, uh, we're going to, we're going to be doing that little interview in a little bit. Um, so, uh, I don't want to waste a whole lot of your time. Uh, let's take a quick, uh, break, take care of some housekeeping, some commercials, and then let's get over to talk to Tyler, and then you'll be back with just me to wrap this thing up. Finding the right pros for home projects can be tough and spark a lot of questions like, how do I find a pro who can help? Will they do a good job? Will I get a fair price? That's where HomeAdvisor can help. From leaky faucets to major remodels, HomeAdvisor connects you to the right pro for the job in seconds and even helps you get a fair price. Read reviews, check project cost guides, and book appointments. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free HomeAdvisor app to start your next project. All right, and today we have a returning guest, friend of the site, uh, 
works over at Hockey Buzz. Uh, used to write under the pseudonym of Justin Lowe, but now he's writing under his real name, or so he says. <laughs> Tyler Cameron. Uh, he also has written for various other hockey sites, and he is a published author. So he's we're we're among uh, talented people here with uh, with your book, uh, A Dude's Guide to Surviving His Wedding. And uh, so, Tyler Cameron, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thank sir? you for having me. I'm doing great. Yeah, I've uh, retired the Justin Lowe name and fun to be writing under my own name and uh, working on a second book, A Dude's Guide to Surviving Kids, which will be uh, a lot longer, I think, than the I'm gonna have one. To, yeah, I'm going to have to read that one. I mean, my kids are <laughs> older, but still, I'm, I'm still learning. I think it'll be an ongoing book. I think you could just keep updating the chapters. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I wanted to get you in. John's not here. I mean, he, he had some other uh, some other engagements he had to take care of. But I, we've been trying to get together and talk a little bit. There's been a lot of stuff going on with the Blackhawks. And, you know, we, we know the state of the team. And John and I have not been quiet about what we think, you know, where we think this organization should go, where they currently are things like that. Um, the Robin Leonard situation, which is kind of fired up uh, a little more recently and, a, you know, just general things going on in Blackhawks land. Now, all, all things said, uh, we're, we're recording this Monday night, so, uh, it's not quite to the Montreal game or anything like that, but, um, you know, this stuff is, is ongoing. It's continuous. So it's going to be timeless as far as at least the season goes. Um, what, so what what are your opinions on this team? What are you thinking? Oh my god, Jeff. It's just it's been a tough year. It's been tough to write, um to be honest. It's you're up one day, you're down the next five. Um you never really get a full grasp. I think if you want to look back at, you know, it was a lot to be made of of Jeremy Calton getting a full training camp and and he, you know, brought in his system and that didn't work or last very long. And I really think that that hurt them a lot. Um, I've liked Carlton for a good portion of it, but I've kind of soured on him uh, as of late. Um, I think, yeah, that that really set them back. And then finally they, they opened up. It was well documented. It kind of sounded like some of that direction came from up top um, as documented as, you know, you know, we changed this up or, or else kind of uh, mentality. And he did. He opened it up. Scoring started to happen a little bit more. And then the up and down just continued. And then the injuries happened. And they're just not deep enough to overcome them. And unfortunately, it's it's been a nice run with some of those guys coming up. Um, you know, the Matthew Highmore's chipping in on a lower line level. Um, whether you like the, the toughness or not of Dennis Gilbert, he's learning and, and playing um, you know, up until recently, a regular shift. So, you know, some of these guys are getting experience, but um, at the end of the day, are they going to be able to pull it off and get into the playoffs? And if they get in, what are they going to do? That's I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards the the uh, another high draft pick if they if they can get that. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I'm I'm not. I'm, John and I are, and pretty much everyone on our side are convinced that like this is not a playoff team. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, as, as much as you know, they may win one or two in a row, then they'll lose three or four in a row. And going forward, they have to win two out of every three games pretty much to be in that contention for the playoff race. And they they just can't do it with all the injuries and the team being as thin as it, as it is. Especially- yeah. And that that's, I just wrote about that too on my last blog that, you know, that, that two out of three, Leonard saying it, Carlton saying it, we need to win two out of three. So I actually took a, a look at, you know what that means leading up to the trade deadline which I, I think you and i'll chat about but you know it's you know the all-star breaks coming up and then the hawks head into you know they have that time off between the 22nd and, and the 31st so they've got a long break to think about how mediocre they are and then <laughs> uh in february they only have three home games the fifth the 19th and the 21st so they've got a lot of games on the road which isn't necessarily that bad because to be honest, they're equally mediocre at home as they are on the road. They're 11, 11 and three as we stand today on Monday at home and nine, nine and three on the road. So um, really they would have to go, you know, for them to go on a run to even convince Stan Bowman to do anything at the deadline. 
um, which I don't think he should, uh, they would have to go, whether they go 10, four and two, I don't, I don't see that really as possible, but I mean, with all the injuries, as we cited, it's going to be really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. That, that whole, anything can happen, right? Just, just cause the blues did it last year. And uh, that that was the worst thing that could have happened because now everybody thinks that any team Why did can they have do it. To do that, yeah. I mean, if they would have just went on a run the entire year, I would have been fine with that. But it's like that whole run at the end of the year; they were in last place at uh, you know it, it, January first or whatever. And it's like, oh come on! It, it, as our boy Fork said, my aunt can grow balls and become my uncle too. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it was it's brutal. Uh, I this team can't do what the Blues did. Period. No, and it's too bad too because you're wasting obviously a good season from from the goaltending. Corey Crawford's had a bit of a, bat, a bounce back year. Robin Leonard's been fantastic, um, and we'll chat about that. But you're wasting some great goaltending, um, and also, I mean, we were we were just crying for the special teams to, to kind of turn around primarily the penalty kill, which was a historically worse, however bad it was in the last 30 years of 70 some percent. Um, and it's, it's their top 10 in the league, I think as of the last game. So um, great bounce back in that area. It's almost like they so far in on, on, you know, the penalty kill and trying to get the goals down and, and they've just, they, they just can't balance it off. And they've, the power play is terrible. Um, and they struggle to score some goals. Sometimes I looked and, you know, their goal scorings, you know, that, that was supposed to be their strength this year and re-signing to bring it kicks in next year. And it's just, uh, you thought they were going to roll with scoring goals, but it's, it hasn't exactly worked out that way. It's kind yep. of been a wonky season. Yeah, no, for sure. Cause they started off like in the, you know, top five of goal scoring, they were just scoring a lot of goals and just slowly it's yep. creeping down and creeping down and creeping down while the goaltending's kind of stuck around the, the goal scoring itself uh, just hasn't hung around there. And uh, even if they were to score, you know, at that high rate, you know, when the playoffs come around, I mean, you can't be giving up, you know, 35, 36 shots every night in the playoffs and expect to get anywhere. It's just, it, no team has yeah. done that ever. So this no. is not going to be the team to turn that around. Especially those high danger shots too. Like, I feel so bad for the Leonard and Crawford. It's just been uh, a barrage of point-blank shots for the most part all year. Yeah, and, and now we, we, we spoke about Leonard, and this has been kind of mm-hmm. the, the thing top of mind right now recently with Leonard coming back from being injured and everything. Um, John wrote an article the other day uh, kind of expanding on some things that we've been hearing uh, from, uh, you know, sources and things like that, that um, – you know, he's he also said it publicly in the media that he's not taking a deal. He's not going to come here and take, you know, 50 cents on the dollar or 75 cents on the dollar to stay in Chicago or probably anywhere to be to be, you know, quite frank. Uh, he's been taking deals his entire career. And, you know, now is when that stops. Uh, he's 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 shown that he's worth it. He's been a top 10 to top five you know, a goalie in the league for now a couple years. He's uh, shown that he, you know, his sobriety is solid and he can be, you know, he's, he's a trustworthy guy. He's a good player. He's honest. I mean, there's no negatives in here for this guy. Um, I, I love him to death. Uh, everything that he says, everything that he does. I love his attitude. You know, he's not afraid to, you know, to fight back, you know, like the, the other day he got asked a question that, you know, basically the Hawks took a chance on him. Well, I said it on Twitter. Um, I think he took a chance on the Hawks, honestly. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I can't go out. I can't believe that there was no other team in the entire NHL that would have given him $5 million for one year to come play for them. There's someone out there who would have done it. And um, For sure. Yeah. So he gave the Blackhawks a chance. They didn't give him a chance. It wasn't the other way around. So now it's time for the Blackhawks to ante up. And I've got a new special clip that I just put together just for uh, this year, for this situation. Pay the man. What? Pay the man. <laughs> pay the man. <laughs> Hashtag pay Robin. Uh, I started that up the other day. I saw that. Yeah. I, I saw you. Nice graphic on social there. I, I like that one. Yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, he just, he deserves it. They, they should do it. They should pay him. Because uh, otherwise, the alternative is is what? It's 
maybe bring Corey Crawford back, which he's going to be 36 years or almost 36 years old. He's going to, you know, we know the whole history. Um, and then you behind that, you have Colin Delia, who I like a lot, but he is not a top 10 to top five NHL goaltender. He could be a really good backup for right now, and he may grow into a starter. But right now, he's not an NHL starter that's going to, you know, put up top 10 numbers. Kevin Lankinen has never played a game in the NHL. So you have Kevin Lankinen and Colin Delia, who are basically right now, you know, backup goalies behind this terrible defense. You could bet your asses that next year, you know, this team is going to be picking in the top five, and not because they got lucky in the lottery. This would be because they earned that top five pick. So, uh, mm. yeah, but... You know, back to Leonard. Yeah, that's, that's uh, not. Yeah, ahead. no, you're so right. It's not going to get any better. <laughs> so, right. yeah, I mean, that stability in net is so important. We saw what happened when they tried to go with Crawford and Anton Forsberg, or Crawford and Cam Ward, and it didn't end well. And it'll be the same thing if they re-sign Crawford if they can't ink a deal with Leonard, and then it's Crawford and Delia slash Lankinen. So, uh, Leonard's Leonard's the option for me too. Yeah, and now I've heard several different things, and one was that the starting point for the Blackhawks was a, a, a deal similar to what Varlamov got, which is four years times five, I'm pretty sure. Um, and that was where they were going to start their, you know, nego- and it is a negotiation, so you can't get too wound up about the extremes. But, um, you know, that's a low, that is really a low uh, estimate for what he's worth. I would... You know, I would gather that uh, he's worth in Blackhawks for the Blackhawks probably four to five years at seven to seven and a half million. Now, on the expensive side, maybe eight million. I can't see that uh, Robin any team can afford to pay Robin Leonard uh, six years times ten. You know, um, I, I just there's people don't have that kind of money anymore. Uh, people are you know scrubbing the cap even teams like Arizona and stuff like their cap team now. And uh, so, you know, he, he's not going to get a $10 million offer, but he will get, you know, 8 million somewhere uh, if the Blackhawks don't do it. And if you lose Robin Leonard, the, you know, your timeline for getting back into contention just got pushed out a couple more years. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what are the options after that is I'm just kind of, I don't even know who would be available in terms of goaltenders. But like you said, I mean, you have them, you can negotiate them with, with them now it's his option or it's his choice, whether he wants to do something in season, or maybe he's got his mind made up that he wants to test the open market. But um, yeah, argue, arguably the, the Hawks MVP along with Patrick Kane this year. And that's not saying much for a team that's not very good, but it is considering how important that position is. Right. So if, if they don't have him and, the amount of shots are given up and uh, I don't think Ian Mitchell's going to come in and save everything for uh, the Hawks next season. So something's got to change and, and they just need to keep that stability in that. Yeah. And people are getting kind of crazy. This is getting way blown out of proportion uh, with this, you know, well, I'll just trade them at the, at the at trade deadline, no matter what. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, you get the people that will say, uh, you know, just bring them back and get something for them. Well, that doesn't, that never happens. It never happens. Uh, so you you can't count on that. Once you let him get away, they're not coming back. And, no. you know, you need to lock him up now if you if your plan is to keep him and your plan should be to keep him because otherwise you're just – let's say they don't uh, contend, and I've seen several arguments come back at me saying, well, you know, they're not going to contend for two years. What does it matter if you got a $7 million guy in net or you got a $3 million guy in net? Well, you know what? Someone's going to need to be able to usher in – you know, Colin Delia, Kevin Lankin, and maybe Alexi Gravel. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I mean, that's all they have in the system right now. Someone's going to have to show them the ropes. Corey Crawford is one good head hit away from never playing again. You can't count on him more than, you know, maybe a month or two before he may get hurt or some, you know? So it's like you have the stability of a guy who's strong mentally who's gone through the sobriety thing. Like he's been through some tough times and he's made it through the other side. Uh, I can't think of a better guy with a great attitude about winning and, you know, and all that other stuff than Robin Leonard. I, I really can't. 
he's entertaining as hell too. I always go to Twitter right after because he always posts his comments after whether they're, you know, they're pretty blunt usually, but I mean, he tells it like it is. And I think the media guys would be pretty upset if he left too. So yeah, I'm just looking on the open market. I mean, you got the top three available goaltenders this year. You got Holtby. This is in terms of cap hit right, right now. Right. Holtby, Crawford, Leonard, and then Craig Anderson, Jimmy Howard, Matt Murray, the Markstrom who will be resigned. I'm assuming Grice, Talbot, Halak, like, mm, not, I don't think you really want to sink your teeth into too many of those guys. No, I mean, Matt Murray's having problems and he's, he's shaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, mm-hmm. when you're not behind, you know, the Pens defense when they were, you know, play, were super hot, he doesn't look so hot. Um, Robin Leonard's playing behind a garbage defense and is looking good. I mean, that's, yeah. that's all you got to look at right there. He's facing 36, 36 shots a game and his, you know, save percentage is up in the, you know, 930, 920, high 920s, 930. Uh, mm-hmm. which is unheard of because you don't see that. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying either, you know, don't, I don't want to see the Blackhawks, you know, sign him for seven or eight years or whatever it is, whatever the max is for him. I think it's seven, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Seven years. Uh, eight. And, what's that? He, eight? They'd be able to sign him. Eight, yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to see him sign him for eight at 10. Like, I don't want to see that. Yeah, sure. They could handcuff a team. A, a goalie shelf life is, you know, can be pretty short. So five years, I think is a reasonable, you know, max. Uh, if you have to sign him for that six to get him in there or to get a cap hit a little more reasonable, I could handle that. The, the two extra years at the end though, it could end up, you know, looking like a Brent Sebra contract in the end, just because he's going to have a lot of miles on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, here's a, here's an interesting, what if say that the Hawks do sign him in season, um, whether it be in the next month or so, because they can. What is that? Is that signal enough to Corey Crawford to maybe waive his no trade? Would would there be any value? I mean, kind of thinking about that too, because I mean, that's that's got to be an awkward conversation that they they both know they're playing for a contract. If one of them gets the gets the uh, contract ahead of the other, that kind of signals to the other one that you're out. So um, they're both professionals. I'm sure it'd be fine, but it would just be interesting that. While Corey might be hesitant to waive his modified no trade clause, maybe he's he'll be more open to taking a trade somewhere where he wouldn't have before um, to try to get some playing time. Just a thought. That yeah, I, I would think so. And you and you think of the trade deadline, you know, a goalie who has a pedigree like Corey Crawford, uh, a team mm-hmm. who you know is struggling in net, maybe needs that one B one A kind of guy you know, a one last shot at maybe getting a cup. Cause he's not going to get it here in Chicago. No. So, you and know, the Hawks could eat half his salary. I mean, for the position they're in, if they can get a stronger asset to, to take 50%, you're at 3 million at yeah. the cap, like prorated at the cap or sorry, at the deadline, then it's yeah. more digestible for a team to take them on. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I, I we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the trade deadline and stuff, but yeah, that would totally make sense. Um, I, if it happened, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. We, John and I have kind of spoken about that uh, uh, several times about that, you know, that what they should be looking at right now. Uh, I thought they should have been looking at that the day they signed Robin Leonard, because uh, even though people wanted to argue with me about it, uh, the day they signed Robin Leonard, Robin Leonard is a better goalie than Corey Crawford. He just was, he's younger. He, you know, he had a better year. Corey Crawford has a lot of question marks He's still a good goalie, but he's not Robin Leonard quality. I mean, Robin Leonard was, you know, visiting a a finalist last year. Corey Crawford wasn't anywhere near it. And he hasn't been for a long time. So, or not long time, but years. So, you know, I, I, you got to think Stan Bowman is a little smarter than (laughs) to not know this stuff already and, and not be thinking about this already. Mm -hmm. As much as the, the fans want to want to rag on him and, I'm still, you know, I'm a little more, I'm a little happier with the more recent moves. They haven't necessarily really panned out or on the, you know, in the standings, but I, you know, I liked, you know, how he made defensemen appear on this team with giving up almost nothing like Dominic Cahoon. Yeah. And he gets two, you know, pretty decent defensemen. I mean, Dahan ended up getting hurt and you know, yeah, it's unfortunate, but. Mata's pretty good. Uh, you know, it just, 
I'm not as down on him. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's a system thing because I don't think all those players are bad. I'm not a huge Gus guy, and you're not either. Uh, but, you know, in the right spot, he's not a, you know, he's okay. He should be okay to run the power play, uh, you know, and be like a third pair specialist kind of guy. And then, uh, you know, Seabrook gets hurt and that whole thing. But I don't know. I, I don't know why the defense is actually as bad as it is because the players that are, that they actually started the season with were, were all pretty decent defensemen. Yeah. I, I, on paper, you would have thought they would have been, you know, it would have been an easier kind of transition for them. Um, especially on the back end, adding that experience. But I don't know, like I said, at the start of the podcast, like I, I, I really think that he Carlton was really trying to get them to do things that they, you could tell they weren't comfortable with. Um, they didn't have an out. The defense looked awful because there was nobody to pass to. Everyone was, there was sometimes two forwards behind the defenseman trying to pass out. And the other, the winger was on the far side. So when they kind of gapped it out a little bit more. Right. So, so there was some sort of outlet versus just flipping it, dumping it, wrapping it around the boards. There's, there was nothing for them to do. So I think it put them in a tough spot. Uh, but yeah, then the injuries happened to Han. Sure. There was that, there was always going to be that um, possibility that he got injured because he's an injury prone kind of guy, but he was their best defenseman, defensive defenseman and leading up until when he got hurt. So you can't really fault Stan for doing that. Um, and yeah, Mata has been a nice, you know, experienced guy back there when, when they did it. So I don't know. It's tough. It's uh, I don't know what, where they go from here, especially if the Han and Seabrook are on the shelf long-term. Yeah, because that's going to be tough for Dahan, right? Like Dahan's, that's the, within the year, two times on the like surgically repaired shoulder. That's not boating very well, and I think he's that's the same shoulder that he's been injured in the past too. Yeah, and you, and Brent he, Seabrook too, because a lot of people were just going under the assumption that like you know, oh yeah, Brent Seabrook's going to be ready to go for training camp next year. Like, is he? <laughs> I yeah. mean, a surgically repaired soldier, a shoulder, and two hip surgeries. Now I'm not, I yeah. doubt that, that they're hip replacements, but still hip surgeries like Patrick Sharp at around the same age had hip surgeries and was never the same. And Patrick no. Sharp was playing, you know, was at a higher level when he had those surgeries than what Brent Seabrook has been. And one, I've heard a couple of people talk about this too, and it's, it's going to really hinder the Hawks in terms of that, like the, the contract, yes, Brent Seabrook's contract is horrendous. We all know that, but it's it's going to be the exact same thing as the Hosa scenario, where you can't add that money until day two of the the regular season, right? So they're going to have to build a roster around on Seabrook, and then with him a part of the cap, and then when the season starts, then they put him on the IR, and then some of that money starts to free up a little bit. But it's not a everyone's like, yeah, we've got all this money now, but it's, there's a lot more maneuvering around it. You can't really, it's hard to, you can't plan past in season moves. Right. So if you want to acquire somebody in the off season, it's going to be tough. And if you have Dahan as well in that scenario, you're going to have to try to get really creative in season next year. So that's going to be a, a really tough thing for, for Stan if yeah. he's here still. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I was roasting people uh, on Twitter about the Oh, the, the Blackhawks just found all this cap room. Well, no, no, they really didn't. And it didn't free anything up. It made it so you could make, you know, some more moves, but you have to be able to basically hide, not hide, but make paper transactions for $7 million worth of players, sending them down to Rockford or whatever, uh, to be able to clear that on the first day of the season. And that's just not possible. <laughs> No. So, yeah, I mean, maybe you could sneak a $2 million, send two, you know, two, three guys down on paper transactions and bring them back up. But you can't, that, all that money is not clear. No. They could, hey, they could always do the Cody Franzen move. <laughs> oh, God. Try it until day two, day one, then they sign them. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the, the PTO. Yeah. That was, that was like written, I, I, you could see that from a mile away, what was going to happen on that one. <clears throat> Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was it. It's not pretty right now. I mean, they're gonna, as far as this team goes, they're gonna have to decide what direction to go. And I'm I'm seeing like, and hearing of like these other teams that are like, oh well, you know, if 
things aren't working out, you know, right now they're going to blow up the core next year. And I can't remember, I heard it on uh, the 31 thoughts podcast about, you know, they're going to break up the core, maybe in Calgary. That's what it was. If, uh, if things don't really work out this year, they may blow up the core a little bit. And uh, this is something the Blackhawks need to start thinking about doing. Yeah. You know, blow up the core, do some things like, you know, you might be able to get something for Duncan Keith. I, I'm sure everyone's going to hate to see him go, but you know, at a certain point, you have to make moves that are hard to make to, 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 to then achieve, you know, something in the future. You can't hang on to these guys until no one wants them anymore. And they're just, you know, like Brent Seabrook, you can't let Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Duncan Keith, and you know, whoever turn into what Brent Seabrook turned into before you try to get rid of them. And then you can't get rid of them. You know, it's better to trade a guy a season too early than a season too late. Unfortunately. Yep. So, and you know, I don't, and I, I kind of said this a little earlier this week or this radio thing I did, but, uh, you know, I don't know that I'm going to, we're going to see, you know, Patrick King getting traded or Jonathan Taze getting traded, but they should be open for business. <laughs> and if the right deal came at them, and that was, you know, that really brought him a haul, uh, you should really seriously be considering it. And, uh, you know, the fans might not like it, but if they want to be competitive, you know, any time in the next three, four years, they're going to have to start think, making some hard decisions. So otherwise. And the question of, is Dan Bowman the one to make those decisions? Yeah. Well, that was the other thing I was going to say, too, is that. You know, otherwise, none of those people are going to be around to make those decisions eventually. You know, you're not going to make all this encapsulated with the, you know, the goalies and all that stuff. If the Blackhawks finish worse, even worse, and they're not going to finish great this year, but they're going to probably be, you know, in that 12, 10, uh, 14 range of drafting, at least the rate they're going, uh, which doesn't get you a top light prospect. It gets you a guy who could be pretty good but might not be, might not be. And next year, if they don't have a goalie other than Colin Delia and Kevin Lankinen, it's going to be worse. Stan Bowman's not going to be around. Jeremy no. Calton probably won't be around. Maybe, you know, John McDonough isn't around. If, if it continues to roll downhill, they need to produce something and they're not producing anything. They're, they're basically just kicking the can down the road every single year. And it's not getting any better. Something's got to change. Something's got to give, you know? Well, speaking of something's got to give, uh, your expertise over at Hockey Buzz would be, you know, the the moves and trade deadline stuff. So that's what you're going to be ramping up on. And the trade deadline's going to be just over a month. But uh, I think we can get sort of a decent idea. And you kind of rattle off the schedule. I, I don't see it's just not realistic to think the Blackhawks are going to go on some kind of strong run where they're going to be loading up for the playoffs. But what do you, what do you think is going to be happening uh, when the trade deadline comes around? Yeah. I mean, as we know with this team, a lot of it's optics. So if they were able to, you know, start to go like I'm with you, I don't think they're going to, but if they were to start to string some wins together, um, I think at best, that, that gives Bowman the opportunity to stand pat and say, I believe in this team, which we all know is gonna, you know, it'll, it'll ramp up one week and then it'll, you know, break your the next you know, few games. So um, the consistency is not there. It's not there long enough for um, any reason to believe that this is a playoff team. I, I think you have to look at whatever assets you have um, and, and start to, and start to um, see what's out there for them. What those are, <laughs> I'll be writing about. Um, we mentioned Corey Crawford. Um, I, I, I honestly don't see him going anywhere. Um, I, I mean, if they could get something for him, I just, I don't know if that's going to be the way they go. They might just want to stick with both goalies for the the time being and just so they can survive for the rest of the season. Um, Gustafson is our favorite uh, trade suggestion uh, um, yes. i got a, i got a great spot for him right in my backyard you know morgan riley just went down in toronto and uh leafs don't have a lot of cap space so gus being 1.2 million i got a guy for you kyle dubas step right up um what you get for someone like him there's been varying degrees of what you get for an eric Gustafson. we know he's terrible defensively um the reality is he's a great skater 
can run a power play. Um, and, you know, yeah, you're, you said it earlier, you could be a third uh, line, like third pairing specialist. So that could in, to be pretty valuable uh, during the playoffs. If you do have a poor power play, you want them to step in. Um, and then other than that, I guess, you know, I don't, I don't think any of the other big names will go. Um, there has been a lot of talk around Brandon Saad. Um, I'm of the belief that you need more Brandon Sods, especially the way he's played and especially how young he is. Um, but if there was a move, t- I think you look at it. Um, I think you look at what you could get for him. Um, if it's a long-term asset or, or an asset that could step in um, that doesn't cost you $6 million, because also the reality is we've talked about how, how poor this team could be next year. Um, depending on what they do with the goaltending situation, they don't really have a lot of cap space. And we, we just mentioned Seabrook and Dahan could be eating up some of that space. Um, you know, everybody thinks because they're not doing well, they've got all of this cap space, but they really don't. And the way Dominic Kubelik's scoring, he could be a $3 million player. <laughs> so they're going to, I don't know where they free up this money. Oli Mata would be a one that you could potentially look to move if somebody would take his contract on. I don't think anybody's taken Zach Smith, um, but you go down the list. You go down the list and you see um, what's there uh, to move because, you know, unless they go on a run, like we just said, is probably not likely. You know, their next few games are, I'll rattle them off. They're in Ottawa, in Montreal, in Toronto. Then you have Winnipeg, Florida, Arizona, Minnesota, Boston, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg, New York Rangers, Predators, and the Stars. That's who they have leading up to the trade deadline. They got a group of some pretty good teams in there. Some other teams who are fighting to get in. So um, I think it'll all depend in the next couple of weeks. But I say sell. Sell, yeah. sell, sell. Yeah, sell, sell, sell. That's where I'm at. Um, the funny thing was I was on our board and uh, someone was saying, oh, I'll just let Leonard go. I'm going to trade him. You could probably get a first-round draft pick. And I'm like, okay. Maybe you could get a first round draft pick for Robin Leonard if you if you if you traded him. But who are you trading Robin Leonard to that's gonna give you a first round draft pick? Now, okay, it's some team who's in the hunt who's probably gonna be drafting in the twenties. So you're not getting a high first round draft pick. You're basically almost getting a second round draft pick out of it. You're not the teams you're gonna trade a Robin Leonard to to get a first round draft pick aren't the ones that are gonna be picking in the top five or top ten. You know, lottery picks. You're not getting a lottery pick for Robin Leonard. It's just that's yeah, and not who's who's going to be heading into the playoffs without a starting goalie, unless there's an injury. But I mean, a lot of people. I mean, yeah, Robin Leonard would be a nice insurance, but I mean, he's a starter. So yeah. I think a lot of these guys are kind of solidified. But yeah, yeah I guess if there's an injury, but I'm with you. It's not going to be a high pick. Yeah, I mean, the 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 only team and this would have been last year. The only team who could have done something like that, or it would have made sense was San Jose. Yes. And they opted not, they had Jimmy Howard, uh, Jimmy Howard trade on the table that they didn't opt to, to right. do. So and this year they're, you know, they're not anywhere in that position. So, you know, it, mm-hmm. you don't have that option. It's just, you don't. So you're good. You get, you know, a pick in the twenties, probably lower than the pick you're already going to have. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you just, I don't know. Is it worth it? To not have a goalie for you know next year or or four years, <laughs> I don't think yeah. so, man. You got to have you have to have someone that's going to be able to you know stops stop some pucks for the next couple of years for this team, and, and they're going to see a lot of shots. And if Robin Leonard's up for the up for the task, you got to sign that boy and, and keep yeah. him around. The fans love him like he's a he's a PR like gift. Why would you not want me? I don't see what alternative is any better than keeping him around. I just don't. Uh, People sometimes get delusional about what you would be able to get for someone like that. And uh, I, I I just, it doesn't, it doesn't compute for me at all to, you know, unless he's not signing, then sure. Get what you can for him. That's fine. I don't think it'll happen, but I, I would get, you know, if he wasn't going to sign here, I would get them trying to trade him at the trade deadline because he's probably going to be your most valuable trade asset at that point in time. Yeah. But so, well, you brought up Dominic Kubalik, and I'm glad you did. Uh, I'm a big fan of Kubalik. Um, I 
followed him like kind of last year. I cut up a lot of video, did some video uh, highlight reels and stuff. Looked through all of his games uh, that he played last year over in Europe, and I saw a lot of them. And I liked what I saw. I didn't see a guy that was particularly fast, but I saw a guy who used his body real well. He had a really nice shot, drove the net hard. And this is these are all things that we've seen now with the Blackhawks. He's actually, it, it, it his, after a little bit of an adjustment period, it has translated over here into the NHL, which is good to see. Uh, but the bad news is he's an RFA at the end of the year. So with that, the Blackhawks are going to have to, either they're going to lowball him and try to, you know, pull that qualifying or, you know, qualifying offer thing, which I don't think is going to go well. You could hold out the whole thing. Um, maybe a bridge deal, two, three, uh, two, three year deal until he can get over to his UFA years. Uh, I kind of was talking privately with our, uh, our writers and I said, well, you know, if you look at what, um, well, and let's say he, he gets 40, 45 points this year, uh, which is very possible. That's kind of what Richard Panic did a couple of years ago. And it earned him, you know, mm-hmm. almost $3 million a year. So like you mentioned, that's a good, that's probably a good estimate of what he could probably turn out to be if he gets that, you know, 40, 45 point mark. He could end up getting $3 million from the Blackhawks for, you know, three years or something like that. Is that what you're thinking, what you're seeing? Yeah, the best comparison that came to mind is um, Andreas Janssen with the Leafs. So last year he had ex- he had forty three points, twenty goals. Um, he had that was his f- full season with the Leafs, and prior to that he had you know he's a point per game in the AHL the year before that, and then he had seventy five games, forty seven points with the Marlies the year before that in sixteen seventeen. So he would he had been in North America. Um, but his first full NHL season was kind of really on par with what Kubalik is trending towards. And he was he just signed four years at three point four million per. So yeah. it's uh kind of scary to think. I don't think at the start of the season I would have uh, estimated Kubalik would be up that high. Uh but like you said, I think there could be a bit of a bridge option, maybe a couple of years um, maybe in the 2.8, 3 million, but I think he's, he's climbing up there. Yeah. And just, it, it's just interesting, um, why it, like, I, I loved him from the start. Like I liked where he was going on the ice. He was shooting a ton. Him and sod seemed to have some chemistry and camp on that line. I just don't know why it took so long to put him up on that top line. I think we were all screaming, like put, just put Taves between them then. So when they didn't have anything else going on at the start, um, and then look what happened when he finally got to the, uh, um, and he's producing. So, yeah, I didn't we'll see understand, where it nets out. But I didn't understand that Jeremy Colleton, uh, healthy scratch treatment either. Even if he was having a down game, it's not like a team was lighting the world on fire. You know, he was one of the, one of the bright spots, uh, you know, in a rookie season. I, 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 I was thinking, you know, just let him play, let him play through it. Let him work through it. You know? Yeah. So. All right. Well, yeah, well, I guess we're going to see, but, uh, they, like you said, they have a tough stretch. They're doing this, this, uh, little tour of Canada for a while. Uh, I'm kind of hoping I get to see the game on Wednesday. I'm going to shoot for it, uh, where the Blackhawks are up in Montreal. I'll be in Montreal as well. Uh, so I'm kind of going to shoot for that. Hopefully if everything works out, that'll work out and I'll get to see them play up there. But, uh, you know, Montreal's not a terrible team. They're not great, but they're not terrible. Uh, Ottawa, you know, they are, everyone knows what Ottawa is, but you know, they're going to be facing Edmonton coming up. They're going to be facing Calgary. They're going to be, uh, they're going to be facing some tough teams. The Bruins, uh, the Bruins are going to be, after they beat the Bruins, uh, earlier, the Bruins are going to be looking for some payback. Uh, and it might not be pretty. So, but, uh, I guess, you know, we'll see. It looks like at least for now, Jeremy Calton's going to be, you know, the coach, at least through the season, unless, you know, the bottom <laughs> really falls out. But, uh, you know, I didn't think he was going to make it past New Year's and here we are and he's still here. So, but, uh, what do you, what yeah, do you, it wasn't looking good. Yeah. I was going to say, stretch. What, what do you think in the off season? Uh, what, you think, uh, Stan makes it? I, I just, it's hard to tell, to be honest. I just, I don't know. I don't, I'm kind of torn right now. I think Colton's could be the scapegoat for, uh, Stan. Um, 
why, honestly, if if they don't make it again this year, I, I I think they need a fresh set of eyes, someone who's not tied to the the old regime. Well, you know, there's not going to be many of them left, but someone that comes in that's um, that can kind of, I mean, Stan's always been one that'll make bold moves. You know, Panarin and Jalmerson, and I mean, he was he would go for it at the deadline, and that was great and all, but you know, it, he's rattled it so much that. I think he's just grasping for straws right now. You know what, what what's left to do? And it, you know if he if they're going to make a move, if they don't think he's going to be the guy. Then, I mean, do you let him blow the team up at the deadline? I, I don't know. It's right. it. I'm I'm really torn. It's yeah. it. Uh, I think well, it'll, it's a wait and see for sure. Okay, last last question, last point of discussion here. Let's say they do fire Stan Bowman. Mm-hmm. Who's your guy? A lot of people say Mark Hunter. That's my guy. Yeah. Ron Hextall's out there still. Um, he's a little hesitant to make moves, though. I'm not, but he's a good builder. Hextall is. Mm-hmm. Hunter's, Hunter's an amazing eye for talent. Uh, they always said that was his, that was his strength over being a GM, and that's why he didn't get it over Dubas. In Toronto, um, yeah, those two guys kind of come to mind. Ray Shiro just got fired. Oh, if, you, if you want Ray Shiro, it's funny now. Every time, I mean, it's mostly been the coaches, but a coach or GM, it's it's like, how would he look in in Chicago? It's, the message boards just kind of fill up with, um, with that narrative, and you know, it's it's good to look at. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if Carlton. I, I I was excited for Carlton. I mean, obviously losing Q was tough it was a transition even fans i think but um i thought Carlton would come in and really you know his whole thing was open communication and really bring the young guys along and to a certain degree it's worked but i don't i've been really skeptical with a lot of his moves lately mostly so um i think there might need to be a new a new tandem in town yeah. so you you like mark sure that's your guy yeah i i for a while now i've thought with his reputation for developing talent, and that's something the Blackhawks have not really been good at, is developing talent through their system. Most of the young guys that come in and play well are guys who are not developed. They just were drafted and yeah. good players, and they show up, and you know they're playing in the NHL, and they were good players. None, you don't see guys going through, you know, not necessarily Indy, but going through Rockford or you know being developed long term. They're trying that with Bolquist. But you know, I, I thought Oquist needed another year in it, Rockford. Yeah, and and now he's it's up. kind of out of necessity. He's up. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I want to see a guy who can develop talent. That's what I want to see. Uh, I, you know, we we heard that Stan Bowman was this great cap guy, and he was going to maneuver the cap, and he was going to work the cap, and he's done some things, but. Uh, where he really aggravated me was like earlier in the year when they only played where they played with a, a player short because they couldn't maneuver yeah. the cap to get a player in there. I'm like, come on, man, this is your profession. Yeah. This is what you're known for. Like, it's just yeah. it, it, it it something needs to change. You need to be able to develop talent. They haven't developed anyone through the system. Like, I want to see some Mark Hunter come in and develop some young players. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, as far as head coach goes, I don't know. I mean. You got DeBoer out there. You got Laviolette out there. You've got all these guys out there, but I don't know that any of them really grab me as, you know, a coach. I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> you know, maybe Mark Hunter wants to come bring his brother in. I don't know. <laughs> Dale would whip them into shape. Yeah, he, he, that would be cute, cute, worse than cute, probably, for, mm-hmm. at least from what I've heard. But, you know, he ain't going to take any BS kid. from anybody. Yeah, him and Oveshkin didn't see eye to eye. <laughs> for sure. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, if, if Stan goes, I, I really would like to see that. I don't know if he's willing to, to even do it, but that's what I'm, I'm kind of sticking by my guns on that one. I, I'd like to see that. That would be kind of exciting uh, to see some young players develop for once. So, mm-hmm. All right, cool. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, uh, joining me. Um, yeah, we'll see how me. we'll We'll see how things go, and I'm sure we're going to get back in probably around trade deadline. Uh, that's where you and John shine. So uh, yep. we'll probably have something, maybe even like the night of or something uh, where mm-hmm. we, we throw something together like that. But uh, 
give it one last plug of all your stuff so uh, everyone knows where to find you and all your reading and stuff. Yeah, so uh, I am Tyler Cameron. You can find me on the Twitterverse, uh, Tyler Typing. Um, you can find me at Hockey Buzz under the Blackhawks logo. And, uh, yeah, you can find my book, A Dude's Guide to Surviving His Wedding, on the Amazon, all over the world. And your other book that, you're gonna, that you are writing now. Yeah. Yeah, and The Dude's Guide to Surviving Kids. So that'll be out uh, working on kids. The kids part kind of slows me down for writing the book about kids. So, um, <laughs> yeah. but I'm getting there. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, we'll make sure we'll plug that when, uh, when it comes out. Awesome. Thanks a lot for having me. All right. And we're back. So, um, I'm just going to wrap this up really quick. Uh, thanks to Tyler again for coming on and talking with us, uh, talking some Blackhawk stuff. Uh, we'll have him back around the trade deadline so we can talk about, you know, what the Blackhawks did or didn't do. Uh, but for right now we got, you know, a month and a half or, or roughly that until, uh, any of that stuff happens. So maybe a little quiet as far as moves happen, but, uh, so, um, I don't have really a whole lot more as far as plugs go, but I do want to mention, I didn't mention earlier, uh, with Ron moving over to take over the Chicago wolves, uh, Ray Napientek is going to also on top of his Chicago steel duties, he is going to start doing more CHL stuff. So you're going to see CHL prospect stuff, which is kind of more in his wheelhouse that he's kind of really been looking towards doing stuff like that. So, uh, Ray is, you know, excellent writer. He does great work. And, uh, I, I don't want to forget about, uh, really, you know, mentioning Ray and what he's going to be doing. So what did you do, Ray? It's right here, Ray. It's looking at me. I think he can hear you, Ray. You ready, Ray? Drunk enough? I'm feeling no pain, Jimmy. <laughs> so our boy Ray is going to be, uh, doing a lot more as far as, uh, prospects go. I'm looking really, really looking forward to that. So, um, uh, well, with all that being said, uh, let's get out of here for the night. Uh, you can find all of our comprehensive content on www.thedashrink.com. You can find us on all the popular social medias. Uh, that's at the rink official. That's our, all of our stuff at the rink shy. It's T H E R I N K C H I. That'll be the Blackhawks related stuff probably. And, uh, ice hogs and things like that. Um, at the rink, Colorado is all of our avs and, uh, stuff out West. Uh, at the ring Columbus, we're not, we don't have that quite up and running yet, but uh, we will. So that's at the ring Columbus. Uh, you can find, uh, at the ring cast is all of our ring cast stuff. I am at puck and hostel. John, you remember him, that guy, uh, he's at Jekyll J A E C K E L. Um, if you get a chance, head over to iTunes, please rate and review us. If you have one of your pod catchers, uh, some of the other ones like stitcher and stuff like that, they allow you to do, uh, you know, intro or uh, reviews and stuff like that over there. So uh, you could you could do it there as well. But uh, just please rate and review us. It moves us up the standings. Uh, I'd, I'd like to move up the standings, get more listeners, and be able to expand the audience a little bit. And uh, hopefully, I'm going to bring we're going to bring you some more guests for the rest of the season. We're going to be a little bit more consistent. John and I have had uh, weird schedules lately, and uh, it's really hard to. Uh, do all that stuff but uh hey you know changes abound and uh, and everything like that so uh i guess with all that being said uh thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to download listen and support us until next episode see you on the road